0: Zip doo dah, zip day. Gentlemen, this is our final boarding call and the doors will be closing soon. WDW Radio, your information station. Hello
1: and welcome to the WDW Radio show, your Walt Disney World Information Station. I am your host Lou Mangello and this is show number 397 for the week of March 1st, 2015. I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with this podcast, videos, blog, live broadcast every Wednesday night, my books, audio tours, and more. Whether you are a first-time visitor or you love digging down into the deep details and history and secrets and interviews and more, there is something here for you. You can subscribe to the podcast and iTunes. And for everything else, visit wdwradio.com. So as we prepare for the WDW Radio Cruise on the Disney Wonder to Alaska later this year, I thought we should take a look at what makes this cruise to Alaska special. From the ship to the planning, destinations, excursions, and more, there's something in this show for everyone, whether you're planning on joining us on the cruise or even just thinking about your very first Disney Cruise anywhere. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned for more announcements, including upcoming Meets of the Month in Walt Disney World and your voicemails at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. Before I start the show this week, I want to quickly say thank you once again, because I've said since my very first show that we are friends, whether we have met yet or not. And in the nearly 10 years I've been podcasting, you have shown that time and again, because you aren't a fan, you're a friend, and I consider you even part of my extended family, even though we have probably never met in real life. And this year, you've once again demonstrated that. And because of you, WW Radio has been nominated for a podcast award in the travel category over at podcastawards.com. And that nomination is not about me or the show. It's about you, the community that you have created, the support that you have shown, and the time that you have given to me for which I am extremely and sincerely grateful And now, I need to also ask for a little bit of help. Because starting on Tuesday, March 3rd, please go and visit podcastawards.com and vote for WW Radio in the travel category, which is located on the lower right-hand corner in the slate of categories. Also, please be sure to include your name and a valid email address, because your vote is likely gonna be verified by clicking on an email you're gonna receive from Podcast Awards. Please note, you can vote once per day every day until the voting period ends in about two weeks and your daily votes are going to be necessary and important to help the show. And as I always say at the end of the show, to please help spread the word, I'm going to ask you to do the same again here, spread the word, tell your friends to please vote every day for WW Radio, tweet out the link and information, share it on Facebook and let others know as well. And really I want to say thank you again for the friendship that you have extended to me and for your time, which I know is your most valuable resource and commodity. I feel truly blessed to be able to share my passion for Disney with you and for the gift that you have given me. I am grateful beyond words. Again, please don't forget, Vote Daily starting right now, podcastawards.com. Thanks again. Taking a cruise aboard the Disney cruise line as almost an, an extension of a Walt Disney World trip. And I have continued to be amazed at how Disney has been able to take that park experience and bring that same level of magic on board the ships. But there, they actually are able to add even more in terms of layers of shows and dining experiences and things to do for adults and kids and then families coming together. And of course, The attraction is the ship itself with countless things to do and see and, of course, eat on board. And, of course, there are the ports that let you, you know, just walk right up to exotic destinations, not just in the Caribbean, but really all over the world. We have done, I think, five or so WDW Radio group cruises over the years. And for me, the best part, believe it or not, is not the food or the ships, but it is the people uh, some of the cruises have had nearly 500 friends joining me to not just experience what the ship has to offer, but some of our own special events and surprises and guests that are exclusive to our group. And so this year, I wanted to do and see something special. And for that reason, we're heading to Alaska on the Disney Wonder June 1st through the 8th. So I thought we would discuss this cruise, which is unique for many reasons as well as planning for it and details about our cruise. And look, whether you are are joining us on this cruise, or you're thinking about Alaska, or it hasn't even been on your radar, or maybe you're just considering your very first Disney cruise anywhere, I promise there's a lot here for everyone. And joining me is a woman who thinks you can't spell cruise without the letters concierge. She is Becky Menken from Mouse Fan Travel, who is, of course, thankfully sponsoring this year's cruise once again.
2: Okay, wait a minute. You said something not nice, and then something nice. <laughs> I don't well, know how to a take second. you today. It, it's not that it's not nice; it's true. <laughs> so. Wait, wait. Well, okay, fine. <laughs> it's funny anyway. because it's true.
1: But okay. so listen. So I, I want to start off because I, I said that this this ship and this this cruise is unique, and I think there's really a lot of reasons that make it so I think the ship right this is is the one ship that has not been reimagined and that's not necessarily a bad thing it truly is a, a classic ship the destination the planning is different the excursions are very very different and I think Becky here the attraction isn't necessarily the ship as it may be on the fantasy or the dream but it really is about the ports and cruising itself
2: You have not said something that was more true ever in your life. (laughs) (laughs) Are you still talking
1: about the concierge comment? (laughs) Oh, geez. Here we go. Wow. (laughs) Wow.
2: All right. I need more coffee. We cannot (laughs) record before I have coffee ever again. Um, You were very correct. And first of all, let's talk about the ship because it is the Disney Wonder. And a lot of people kind of think, well, it's the smaller ship. They don't have as much to do on board, et cetera, et cetera. But honestly, I really enjoy this class of ship because it is more... um, more unique and more uh, intimate, and it does allow for the destination to really be the shining star. Um, Not to say that the ship is not any fun, because you and I both know there's a lot of stuff on board. And you did say that it hadn't been reimagined, but actually, since it did come out in 1999, it did have some wonderful upgrades, including... Uh, A place that I know you're going to spend a lot of time at, which is the Cove Cafe that now has two levels and a beautiful observation area where you can sip your coffee and see the beautiful nature as it goes by, which is one of the most beautiful things about this itinerary. And I hope you're ready to go on for like four hours because Alaska (laughs) – Out of all of my um, experiences on cruise lines, concierge and not, by the way, Alaska (laughs) has been one of my very favorite itineraries that I've ever sailed on. So we are really in for a treat.
1: Yeah, and so just briefly uh, about the ship, right? It's the same size as the Disney Magic. It's Mm -hmm. a bit smaller than the Dream and the Fantasy, which I have to tell you, after being on those ships, which I, I loved, after going back on the Magic, I really appreciated the little bit of the smaller size. Look, 25, 2,700 passengers is still a lot of people, but it never felt sometimes as crowded as maybe Deck 11 sometimes would feel on the Dream and the Fantasy. And it, look, it still has everything that every other ship has, right? It's got the shows, and it's got things for kids to do. But on board the ship itself, right? And and you're right. I'm I'm going to spend a lot of time in places like Cove Cafe and Cadillac Lounge and uh-huh. the District, <laughs> and some of the other <laughs> – and preludes and – Bars. uh huh, and, and the beach blanket buffet and animator's palette. But uh-huh. I think what they do and what the, – the sense that I'm getting is that Disney really does a lot not just to t- use the ship to take you to Alaska but to bring Alaska onto the ship, right? There's a lot of things that they have, for example, for kids – To really help them appreciate what they are seeing or what they are about to see on board. They even have special presentations like uh, about humpback whales and bears in the theater. And they do a, a, a narration as you go through Tracy Arm. So while you have all the things that are native to the ship itself, I think they sort of add on another layer because of where you're going.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, one of the questions I'm always asked about Alaska as well is people say, well, why don't they bring, uh, because it's so popular, why don't they bring one of the larger ships up into that area? And once you've been up there, you totally understand why, because some of these passageways that we're going to be sailing through are extremely narrow and the size of the magic, excuse me, the the wonder is going to be about the max that you can get in there comfortably without, uh, you know, worrying about, going ashore (laughs) prematurely, but it, it really does lend itself to, um, to the nature that's all around you. And I really do appreciate that they bring naturalists on board and they talk about what you're going to see before you see it. So you can have a real appreciation for what you're going to experience, um, on, for some people, a once in a lifetime opportunity.
1: You know, we, we've talked about these other ships in the past. We've been on the magic and the dream and the wonder numerous times. And, I, and I've said sometimes to people who are planning that to a certain degree, your and I think this is true anywhere, the category of your stateroom doesn't necessarily always matter, right? Because how much time do you really spend in there? Some people like the interior cabins on the Dream and the Fantasy because of the virtual porthole. And this can, and correct me if I'm wrong, this can tend to be a little bit pricier of a cruise, but if you can do a veranda cabin if you can do a stateroom that has a window i think that you're really able to appreciate more some of what you're seeing because unlike being on the the, in the caribbean sometimes all you can see is just water but here Mm -hmm. there's really i think there's a lot more to see from your stateroom window correct
2: absolutely if you can bump up into at least an ocean view if if your budget will allow highly, highly recommended and into a a veranda for sure, because there's going to be days when you're at sea and you're just going past nature and you're just going past dolphins and whales and eagles. And you can actually see when you're going up some of these passages, which again, this is the inside passage. So we're not going all the way north to Alaska in the northern area where you're going to have big open waters, you're always going to have land to at least one side of you and very close in because of those narrow passages. So you're going to have those opportunities where you get up in the morning and you look out your window or you go out onto the balcony and you have your coffee and you'll look up and you'll see nothing but beautiful green huge trees and then you'll look up and there'll be like a A little spot of white and you look a little closer and one of the things you need to pack is binoculars by the way just saying (laughs) you look out there and you see this little speck of white and you get out your binoculars and it's an eagle and like the first day you'll look and you'll say, oh, there's, wow, there's an eagle. And by day six, you're going, oh, geez, another eagle. <laughs> because you're <laughs> going to see so many of them. And a lot of that scenery is presented to you right in front of your window or right off your, your balcony for sure.
1: And uh, certainly if you don't have it. So, for example, we've talked a lot offline as we've been planning for this about things like Tracy Arm. As you're going through Tracy Arm, mm-hmm. they encourage you to go out on decks four, nine, and ten because they'll they'll actually narrate what you are seeing as you're going through it.
2: Correct. And a lot of people are always concerned about, well, why do I want a balcony? Because if, what if it's only on one side of the ship or the ship just goes up to the glacier and you don't get to see anything off the side of your balcony? Well, that's not true. Because what's great is the, the captain will pull up as close as he's allowed to get to the glacier, but then he'll spin the ship in a 360. So you can go up to the top decks and you can um if you're in an inside stateroom or if you just want to be with everybody else and all your friends, you can just go up to the top decks and watch the whole show as the, the um, ship spins around. Or if you want a little bit more privacy, you can um, be on your balcony or looking out your window to see the glacier as as you spin past it and then go up to the top decks to see the rest when the other side of the ship is uh, the facing the other direction.
1: I just had this vision of of him spinning the ship like, you know... Like he's drifting in fast and furious or something, but it's probably a little bit slower than
2: that. <laughs> Slightly slower, but that is one of the most spectacular days of the entire journey. And I, I can't even, I get chills when I think about the first time I ever experienced Alaska. And you're, again, let me dispel another myth and rumor because as people first started booking with us on this, they were saying, so do I need a parka? And how many feet (laughs) of snow (laughs) are we going to be? Yeah. Are we going to be, you know, having to wade through four feet of snow? It's like, no, all is good. Um, again, this is not up into the Anchorage, um, you know, way up North. This is pretty much parallel to British Columbia. So we're on that, that plane. So our weather is pretty much going to be maybe low 50s at night and lower to mid 60s during the day if we have a you know a really good um average uh, time out there. So mid 60s pretty comfortable in Alaska for sure.
1: Yeah, um, I, I, I've, and and I think a lot of us thought that too and not realizing that yes, it it's going to get cold at night, right? It'll be, you know, 40 45 degrees or so, but it's not going to be where you know, you can't go outside because it's if you don't have a, a, a George Costanza parka on, you're going <laughs> to.
2: Exactly. So it, we are not going to experience that type of, of weather up there. What you will probably experience it. I will say here's your pro and con. Alaska can be gorgeous and absolutely no clouds and beautiful blue and, you know, clear as day because it's day. <laughs> and then the next minute it can be totally raining. So you definitely want to prepare for that. The day that we're up in uh, Tracy Arm, it might be pouring rain and kind of misty and a little bit foggy, or it might be glorious sunshine. So you kind of want to make sure that you're prepared for either of those opportunities, which that also does lend to um, spending a little bit more for that experience and having a balcony or having a window so you can still enjoy even if you do have inclement weather.
1: And that's why they invented Route 66 and the Cadillac Lounge. So you could sit back, relax, and enjoy your beverage and view all at the same time.
2: Yep. uh, They do sunken treasures there, too, which is awesome.
1: From what I understand, the drink of the week one night is actually a sunken treasure in your honor. (laughs) I
2: know! They heard we're coming. Great.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A couple of things really quickly about the ship uh, in terms of dining – they, it's the same type of rotational dining. They have the original animator's palette there, which I'm looking forward to seeing again. That The black and white, and spoiler alert, how it sort of transforms throughout the night. They have Palo there. They have the original parrot keys there too. As well as all of the, the quick service food and the oh so wonderful 24 hour a day room service as you're uh, snuggling to get warm in your room um, <laughs> on some of those cold <laughs> nights. So I had to bring it back around food just just for a Uh, second. Yeah. Indeed, you did,
2: and I think that that's one of the neat things about the ship is that it does allow us to go back and experience um, some of the things from the ship when it first came out, where they've you know made so many changes on the on the Magic now, and the other two ships have their own experience that is so incredibly different. Where, like you said, it makes the ship the real destination for a lot of the places that you're you're going down into the Bahamas and into the Caribbean. That this really does kind of allow you to go back in time and experience um, Disney at its best when DCL first came out.
1: Yeah, and I dig the Route 66 theming that they have um, on Deck 3 Forward, right? It's obviously different in every ship. There's Evolution and there's the Tube. But I I like that feel, that sort of retro vintage 50s type of feel of Route 66 Mm -hmm. back there. I like all the art deco that they have.
2: Yeah, and I'm I'm sure we will be spending a lot of time back there. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be a meetup or two somewhere along the line during Route. 66. I'm sure there and will be.
1: Um, yeah. But let's talk about you. You hinted to it before, because mm-hmm. I think there are some special considerations and planning requirements that you have to think about when you are planning to go to Alaska on the Wonder. Right. We talked a little bit about the the temperature. And I think, uh, you know, oh look, when you when you're going on the, d- the dream or the fantasy, you pack shorts and flip flops and long pair of pants and you're pretty much good for the entire cruise. Mm-hmm. Here, you're going to be looking at glaciers, which means it's going to be kind of cold. So I think that it would probably be in your best interest to bring gloves and a hat and a scarf, you know, because if you do want to go outside, you don't want to be uncomfortable. They're, they're small. They're easy to pack. I'd rather see you have them than not.
2: Yeah, and this is a, a little bit more of a challenge, especially for for you Floridians that tend to get very, very cold. Um, it, or if you run cold naturally, you're going to want to be prepared to dress in layers. And
1: sixty-two degrees to a Florid- Floridian is like the snow apocalypse. So yeah,
2: I'm- and I'm like running around out there going woohoo. In my shorts and my T-shirt because it's you know perfect Seattle summer weather right there, so that's why layers are so important because you don't know how your body's going to react, and then if you add a little rain to it or you add a little wind if you're going out on the deck it could bring down that chill factor rather quickly, so you want to be able to be prepared to um, to put an extra layer on, take an extra layer off. Uh, One of the things I'll I'll say that. turtlenecks light a light jacket like a light especially a waterproof jacket is going to be something that you're going to want to have with you
1: um, like
2: a windbreaker type of jacket yeah yeah exactly and so that you can have something like a, a t-shirt and then a layered fleece and then a wind, windbreaker waterproof jacket over it that's those three layers will probably get you through most every day that you're going to run into um if you don't have any of that or if you don't want to really spend the money, I will tell you. One of the really um, interesting things about Alaska is that by the time we get to Skagway on day four, and I know it is day four, but you know how in the Caribbean you can get 10 T-shirts <laughs> for $10? Right. Fleece in Alaska is like that. You can buy three really? fleeces for like 20-something d- dollars. <laughs> and they have these awesome, really light um uh, waterproof windbreaker jackets with Alaska uh, logos and and um, souvenir type jackets that you can buy for really inexpensive, and it's just like when you get off the ship, there's all that shopping in front of you like you're used to in the Caribbean, the Bahamas. It's right there, except you're going to be getting small little totem poles, you're going to be getting <laughs> fleeces, you're going to be getting windbreakers, um, and then of course. That wonderful thing that I know you love so much—that prepackaged salmon that lasts for 17 years—those um, <laughs> are available everywhere you look as well. So there's a lot of of that opportunity if you're if you need to if you find once you get there that you need more. There's going to be a lot of shopping opportunity to get those fleeces and and so forth. The other thing that I would really make sure that you have are good sturdy walking shoes or, or hiking shoes that are waterproof as well. Uh, Depending on the shore excursions you select or if it's just raining outside when you're um, doing your city tours, you're going to want waterproof shoes because that does become an issue when you're hiking. Or if you do end up taking one of those great excursions out to the glacier, you're going to want to be comfortable. So that's another thing to add to the list.
1: Every time you kept on talking about layers, I thought about just piling Mm -hmm. layers and layers on myself. Like I'd be like Ralphie's brother from A Christmas Story.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That would actually be fun, wouldn't it? How many layers can lose? How many layers can you guys? I'll
1: stand up on deck eleven, and you just throw layers on top of me, and we'll see. I'll just
2: (laughs) be careful. That could end up on the schedule if you're not careful. careful. (laughs) Um,
1: I I think other things you have to remember too is, and and again, correct me if if I'm wrong. The Alaska cruise actually can depart out of one of two ports, correct? Either Seattle or Vancouver, depending on when you book?
2: Those are the typical places that they depart from, yes. If you're doing an inside passage, if you're doing uh, a one-way or a longer Alaska uh, trip, then there are round trips out of uh, northern areas in Alaska as well. But if you're doing inside passage like we are, the seven-day round trip, it either goes from Seattle or Vancouver typically.
1: So you do need a, uh, despite what people think, you do need a passport for this trip. Even though you're in the United States, you need a passport.
2: Yes, 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 and yes, because we are (laughs) departing out of Vancouver. And it is, Canada is a foreign country, ladies and gentlemen. So you will need a passport. This is not one of those with your birth certificate that you cross the border and say, woohoo, you know who I am because here's my driver's license and my, my birth certificate. You have to have a valid passport. And as a matter of fact, when Uh, one of the shore excursions we're going to talk about soon, you actually have to have the passport in hand to take some of these shore excursions as well. So make sure everybody has valid passports. And if you um, don't have it with you today, I would contact your vacation planner and get um, an expedited one very quickly to make sure that you have it in time.
1: And I think the other thing people have to think about too, which, which when you're coming to leave for, on a cruise from port canaveral it's easy right you're going to disney for a day or you get in that morning and head to the to the port here shouldn't you really consider a little bit of possibly a pre and post night stay and look i'm one of these people i would rather get there a day early and make sure i get the ship because i know it's not going to wait for me and then coming off too especially if you're flying back and forth across country you might even want to think about you know extending your stay a little bit what should people be thinking in terms of pre and post days
2: you know, that is such a great point to bring up because, again, you're thinking about this is your vacation and you're investing a lot of money to go to Alaska. And you want to make sure that you're making the most of it. And you're you're kind of protecting yourself as well. Going in Pre, especially for a cruise, it's not going to wait for you. It's going to depart on time. If you have, I mean, look at us right now. We're in this this scenario where there's all kinds of weather-related issues that are going on with planes. It's not like you can easily catch the next plane to get out to the destination you're going. Your best bet is to go out one or t- two days early, explore the city that you're landing in. If, if you make it on time, hurrah, <laughs> check into your hotel, enjoy this, what the city has to offer for both Vancouver and Seattle. Have wonderful things to see and do in Vancouver uh, that we're sailing out from. You're going to be able to explore one of the most beautiful metropolitan cities in the world, in my opinion. Um, Stanley Park, that has one of the most uh, world renowned zoos and aquariums. Uh, a- Really authentic Chinatown, which is amazing. Granville Island, even the waterfront where our host hotel is going to be, which is the Pan Pacific, um, right at the waterfront has shops and food and restaurants and more food and more shopping and um, all kinds of attractions to enjoy. So I would highly encourage go in early, enjoy the city, and then you've got that buffer. So, for example, if you try to fly in day of, which of course, is difficult for East coasters. Um, but if you do try to fly in day of, you have any sort of delay, you could literally miss the boat and then you can't catch up to the ship again until Skagway on day four. Um, so that does uh, present that risk. And of course, if you do get in day prior and you get in really late, you don't have an opportunity to visit the, um, uh, the city itself, you can tag on a couple of days at the end of your trip and visit um, Vancouver City, or you can get on a train or take one of the little 40-minute flights from Vancouver International down to Seattle and enjoy Seattle as well. So there's a lot of great opportunities up here.
1: Yeah, and you um you mentioned too about sort of host hotels. The, the mm-hmm. Pan Pacific, you know, unlike going to Disney World, again, where you have to, Get a bus or a shuttle or a car, whatever it may be, to get from Walt Disney World to the Canaveral port. The Pan Pacific literally, I mean, is like literally right across the street from the port, correct?
2: Oh, I can do you one better. (laughs) (laughs) The Pan Pacific is actually above the port. So you literally step out of your hotel room into the elevator and go down to where you embark the ship. Nice. I I know that's cool. Um, But, of course, in that whole area, there are two ports. There's uh, Canada Place, which is where we're staying and where we're departing from. And there's also another port called Ballantyne. So much like um, Seattle has two as well. So anytime that you are... Planning a trip to depart from one of those ports, make sure you know what pier you're, you're departing from. Don't assume you're going from Canada Place because a lot of people think that because they see that on all the brochures right. and that's where the cruise ships are. But uh another few miles up the way, so you don't want to think that you're going to just walk across the street and get on your ship when, in fact, you're going from Ballantine. But um, Pan Pacific is there at the port. It is the port. Across the street, There are all, you're right in the middle of downtown Vancouver. So you're not on the outskirts. You're not driving 45 minutes from town to get there. It is smack dab in the middle of downtown. So you've got all kinds of hotels to choose from. If Pan Pacific, doesn't fit. There's Marriott's, there's Sheraton's, there's Weston's, there's um, Omni's, there's all kinds of flavors of, um, of hotel options that are within blocks of the port.
1: Nice. So let's let's talk about the ports a little bit right because like we said the ports and the itinerary really is the attraction right that's that's the 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 special sur- the surprise about this cruise because none of the other cruises for the most part will let you see the, the such there's such a, a depth of history in terms of these fishing towns and mining villages and native american culture and glaciers and waterfalls i just want to say mm-hmm. fjord like you can't see a fjord anywhere else <laughs> And the wildlife that you said, too. Yeah. And look, I, I, I always believe that as much as these cruises are, that they're fun and they're exciting and, and I love travel. I think travel is such a great educator for children. I think this is such a great opportunity to, for learning experiences to find out more about you know humpback whales and the wildlife and the bears and things like that. And, and that's why I was saying before, I think Disney does a good job of adding a little bit of edutainment on top of this, both onboard ship and in the excursion. So let's talk a little bit about the itinerary, right? So we're, we're sailing mm-hmm. from Vancouver. We have a day at sea, then Tracy Arm, and we'll explain what that is. Skagway, okay. Juneau, Ketchikan, another day at sea, and then you come back to Vancouver, British Columbia. So let's right. sort of maybe take those places one by one and sort of going through maybe in, in order. So Tracy Arm, um, mm-hmm. you oh. keep telling me it's just, Magnificent this is the like day. You, like you clearly pulled out your thesaurus as you described it. You used, talked about, you know, it's, it's magnificent and scenic and there's waterfalls and okay. glaciers. Like this La- is Alaska, I think, for a lot of people, right?
2: Yeah, this day is, for me, not not totally what it's all about, but about 79% of what it's all about. (laughs) Because it's amazing when the ship enters the fjord. And, you know, it's one of those places that, yeah, there's going to be a lot of ships that that we'll run into in different ports, but they schedule ships to go up into the fjord at a specific time. So it's pretty much just you and your ship. Now, when you go up into this channel, up into the fjord, it starts out very narrow because you've got – land you're landlocked and um, land on both sides and you kind of start going up this fjord and it's nothing special for the exception of course the gorgeous nature and the beautiful trees and everything is green and of course you've got the regular color of water as you're kind of going up and as you kind of venture up towards uh, the glacier itself you might look down and you'll see like this little all right. When I say little, it's not so little, but, you know, the size of, of, of uh, Shaq's head, um, a little piece of ice is kind of bobbing there. And you'll see one or two. And as you venture a little bit up towards farther towards the glacier, all of a sudden there's like 20. Then there's 40. Then there's 100. Then there's seemingly thousands of little pieces of ice and these ice Pieces are the most beautiful blue you will ever see in your life. As a matter of fact, the first time I ever did this, I went right to the shopping the next day and I was looking for jewelry that had that color blue because it was just amazing. Pretty soon, you're
1: getting closer to the glacier and Bella, you, f- do you, you do are you know, in. Yeah? Do you know why the water's that color blue?
2: Why would that be, Mr. Science? There's
1: little teeny tiny, like as if you could see me, like mys- microscopic little right bits of sediment that makes that water that that color, that glacial blue color. You've been Googling, haven't you, Lou? <laughs> listen, I have Alta Vista fired up on my <laughs> Commodore sixty four. Okay, so let
2: me keep going because this is my this is the thing in my in my brain that I love so much. When you get up in your then you know you've seen those pictures of icebreakers that are going through ice, and you're wondering how the heck that's happening. You are surrounded nothing but ice and um, ice layers that are uh, surrounding the ship. And don't worry, it's all okay. <laughs> As you get towards the glacier, it you could hear a pin drop, even with all the people around you. And the captain will usually, it, it, the, uh, the naturalist is talking, the captain is talking, kind of telling you what you're looking at. But you'll hear a cracking sound, much like thunder, in the distance. And the moment you hear that, look at the glacier because you'll see calving, which means pieces of the ice are falling off the glacier right in front of you.
1: Okay,
0: Google Google er Pot,
2: I, uh, kettle block. <laughs> dude, I have seen this with my own eyes, and it's it's just amazing. It is one of the most um, uh, spiritual experiences to be up there and see nature that and its beauty that is It's just it's mind-blowing. It's really mind-blowing. So that's Tracy Arm, and that is an entire day. Don't plan anything. Don't plan a spa treatment that day, and Disney will kill me for saying that, but... Plan to be on your balcony or up in the public areas, and watching this um, this theater of nature unfold.
1: Yeah, because it's long. Isn't it like thirty miles long? Like, I mean, this is not a a short. Yeah, yeah. it's not a short passage.
2: it's a, it's a good hour up to as you're going slowly. And, and they do take it very slowly because you're dealing with icebergs <laughs> that, are, that are falling off of the glacier. So they do be, they're very careful about navigating the channel. They're also very careful about watching for wildlife um, in the area. So and that's another thing, too, is you'll see seals that are just um, draping themselves all over these huge blocks of ice that have fallen off the glacier. And it really is a spectacular day.
1: Wow. So it's nice. And I and I like the fact that that first day isn't about, you know, rushing off the ship to see something. It really is about what we keep sort of going back to is you're you're seeing Alaska. You're seeing the the beauty and the nature of Alaska um, from on board itself. So the uh, the following day, uh, again, for us, this will be June 4th. That's where you hit Skagway, Alaska. Mm -hmm.
2: Skagway. I have a lot of memories of Skagway <laughs> it's a really fun little town, and I will tell you something what you just said rushing off the ship. Alaska, you don't really rush anywhere it's it's all about appreciating the nature, the beauty, the history, and the cultures that are all around you and you um it doesn't take itself that seriously in places. <laughs> Skagway is a great example of that. It has a lot going on for it, or it. First of all, it's the nearest port of entry for those way back when who were in search of gold. And so you still see a lot of those pieces of the old pioneer uh, town that are left over. As a matter of fact, one of my very favorite places, and this isn't going to surprise you whatsoever, it's a is yeah, <laughs> a little place called the Red, Red Onion Saloon. Way back when, um, in the 1800s, when this whole thing was going down, um, this was not a place that we would have gone to as Disney fans because it was a place of... um, Things that go on there besides drinking and gambling. Wow! <laughs> yeah. Wow. Cage but fighting. It, you mean cage? Yes, fighting. yes. I mean cage fighting. If you're wearing a boa, um, <laughs> it it really has a lot of history drawn to it, and it and it is one of the most popular places to go to have lunch or to have a beverage. So it does tend to get a little crowded at the Red Onion. However, it is a um, it's just a neat place to to kind of relive and rediscover that history of the gold rush. Uh, So from town itself, and of course that's also where you're going to find a lot of of your first shopping experiences, a lot of jewelry, a lot of fleeces, a lot of windbreakers that are available to you there as well.
1: So I only knew, before this cruise came up, I only knew of the word Skagway from Call of the Wild, like the the Jack London book, but... (laughs) Uh-huh. You were supposed to read that in grammar school, just so you know. Um, uh, <laughs> but this too, as much as there are things to do, you know, sort of in this this village in this small town of Skagway, we'll we'll talk about the excursions in a little bit. There's also a great way to explore the area, right? And there's there's if you don't want to just sit in a saloon <clears throat> all day, you can go out and there's train things, and you can go and check out the historical park. And there's a lot of Different ways to, and I think that's what's nice about this, the, the, the types of excursions that are there continue to vary from simple pleasures like wandering and shopping to more high adventure kind of things if you want those too.
2: You, there's everything in Alaska. There's something for everyone, which is one of the reasons why it makes such a great multi-generational destination because there are things for the kids and there's things for mom and dad and there's things for the cousins and there's things for grandma and grandpa. There's something for everybody and within every budget. It does tend to, Alaska does tend to run up in the higher levels of, of cost for shore excursions if you're planning to take on those high adventure options that that we can kind of talk about. But Skagway has some really popular excursions. Um, which, of course, is the train we can talk about. They also have a couple of things like rail and and bus excursions that take you up to simulated dog sledding because people will see that and they'll go, oh, cool, we can do the dog sledding. But remember, there's not a lot of um, snow up in that area, so you're pretty much seeing the dogs and they pull carts on rails and or on Uh, With wheels. So it's it's a little bit different than what you might expect. So it's really important that you do um, look what's available to you in all of these destinations because it it can be Jeep rentals. It can be um, horseback riding. It can be floats. It could be bike tours. Um, There's also excursions that take you out with a pro photographer to teach you how to uh, take pictures of, of nature and the scenery. So there's something for everybody here.
1: Nice. The following day is Juneau, which as I'm sure you know, is the state capital of mm-hmm. Alaska, literally named after Joe Juneau. Like that was, that was the guy's name. And this too seems to be one of those places that's not just steeped in history of the gold rush and local color and local flavors, and which obviously means local foods, but there's a lot of natural beauty here like with the Mendenhall Glacier and Mm -hmm. things to do and things to see, like you can and really should spend a lot of time in Juneau itself.
2: Oh, yes. And this is an amazing place because it has so many options as well in in shore excursions and shopping. It's the same type of of scenario there. But different. um, each of these different uh, destinations has a different specialty. For example, Skagway, again, has that whole rail scenario. Um, and I know we'll get into specifics in a minute, but Juneau has, it's a little bit more metropolitan if you want to call it that, but it really isn't. This is Alaska. So um, a small teeny town is going to be metropolitan in Alaska unless you're up in uh, in Anchorage. But this is where you're going to want to take advantage of seeing uh, Mendenhall Glacier from a distance. Uh, this is The best place jumping off point to view whales because there's such a huge concentration of whales during this time up there. Um, They also do have those kickback opportunities to do things like kayaking. And I know that you really enjoy that kayaking and canoeing type adventure if you want something a little bit more quieter and allows you to reflect a little bit more. This is also a good jumping off point. For those who have that idea of what Alaska is all about, which is, I want to take a helicopter out to a a glacier and stand (laughs) on it. Um, This is where you would do that as well. Um, Those are probably the higher levels in terms of cost, but it's one of those once-in-a-lifetime opportunities that I know a lot of people think about when they um when they talk about Alaska and they do have actual because you're going out to the glacier guess what where the snow actually is <laughs> you can have one of those dog sled adventures up there
1: cool and again we'll we'll talk more about specific mm-hmm. excursions and things we're planning on doing but that final day before the mm-hmm. day at sea and then going back to port in uh, in Vancouver is Ketchikan mm-hmm. and this is now we're getting to the important stuff because is this am I am I right Ketchikan is like Salmon City like this <laughs> if you're a salmon person this is where you want to go
2: Sab crab salmon crab um it definitely is one of those places that you can enjoy
1: food. Yeah so if you enjoy food I think one of the other rec- re- required things to pack are stretchy pants because for all the food that you're going to have not just on board ship but in places like Ketchikan and Skagway you're going to need something that's going to be accommodating.
2: Yeah, but of course it is Alaska, so make those stretchy pants flannel (laughs) because it might actually be a little bit more appropriate than what you're used to in Florida. Um, Another thing that you're going to experience in Alaska, and you're going to get this in Skagway and in Juneau, you're going to um, have exposure to the Native American cultures. However, here in Ketchikan, you're really going to have um, a lot more of that experience uh, with the totem poles and the the culture and the Native American art and a lot of other um, opportunities to understand Alaska and its heritage. And this is a great place to explore those pieces of of the country.
1: Yeah, I'm I mean, kidding around about, uh, about the salmon, although I'm not really kidding. No, you're I, not. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm, like, I really want to see this, right, because I, I do – Really want to, I, I appreciate the Native American culture, right? I'm curious to see, like, this small town. Like It's less than, like, 8,000 people that live here, but so reliant on fishing, right? It's, you know, we, we see it on TV, but I want to sort of experience it, like, in person.
2: Yeah, and it's it's not like a big city. I mean, when this ship pulls in, there are probably 10 times as many people on the one ship that's pulling up than actually are in that little Um, area that you're going to see so you're going to experience Alaska at its best and you know sometimes a lot of these little towns are landlocked you can't drive up to them everything that they um, bring in is coming in by boat so it's a whole different way of life that you're going to experience
1: yeah isn't uh, can't you only uh reach June is it Juneau you can only reach Juneau Juneau by either water or air yeah. Like, you can't drive <laughs> to Juneau. Isn't that amazing? You can't drive,
2: you can't I know. Isn't that amazing? Like, the, the capital, the state capital, yeah. you can't drive
1: there. <laughs> and, and so I think what what this what you should be sort of getting from this is that this destination, right, is it, such a nice combination of natural wonders and different cultures and, like, the, and I'm not saying you don't get that on other cruises, but I think it's such a unique— destination. It's such a unique journey. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it, it really is. And again, this is one of those that you, a lot of parents don't mind taking their kids out of school for because they're going to get such a wonderful education about um, uh, about the nature and about the history of our country and about the history of people, the, the Native Americans. And there's just a lot of learning to be done here and a lot of opportunity to appreciate something that's much bigger than ourselves when you actually see these these glaciers calving and, um, you know, the wonders of the waterfalls. And there's nothing like pulling up next to a humpback whale that decides to breach right in front of you. It's, it's just, you know, a, an amazing experience.
1: And this probably is, you know, this is probably the most convenient way if you want to see someplace like Alaska. I mean, uh, doing it on a cruise like this is the way to do it. And look, I actually do believe that... Travel and being exposed to traveling this country, which is, is so magnificent, and and yes, that you know, I'm waving the American flag here, but it's so. Look, my parents took me out over a summer years ago when I was a kid for five weeks. We drove across country, and I still consider that one of my most valuable learning experiences of my life, beyond college, beyond law school, beyond anything I've read or seen. And look, parent of the year or not, I I took my kids out of the last week of school to go on the last cruise. I'm sorry, I took them out of the first week of school to go on the last (laughs) cruise. They're missing the last week of school to go on this cruise. But I am sure, uh, and I'm going to make sure, that they get uh, a valuable education from this. Uh, And and again, my kids are 10 and 11, so it's not like it's going to keep them out of Harvard. Um, But they're... (laughs) I am want to make this an educational opportunity for and for me, too. Like, I've mm-hmm. never been this world. This has been on my bucket list and, and I can't wait to, to see it. And that's even sort of taking the cruise itself out of the equation.
2: Well, I mean, you actually think that there's moose and igloos in Seattle. So there's a lot of (laughs) educational opportunities for you. (laughs) Another thing, too, uh, a lot of people who are kind of scared of cruising or cruised at one time and had this scenario where they ran into rough seas and so they felt sick the entire time and had some motion issues. If you ever want to try a cruise again or I encourage you to try a cruise again, do an inside passage because the entire itinerary, for the exception of two or three opportunities where you go on the outside, the entire time you're, other than that, you're pretty much landlocked. So there aren't big waves coming through. There aren't, um, you know, ocean issues where you're going to be in 20-foot waves if there's a storm. It really is one of the best itineraries to sail if you are susceptible to motion issues.
1: Yeah, and you know, I've said this on past cruises when we've talked about Going on the fantasy and going on the dream before that, for me, and I think for a lot of people, Becky, the vacation was the cruise itself. I literally did not care if that ship would have just pulled out and just done donuts in the middle of the ocean and not mm-hmm. gone anywhere but Castaway <laughs> Key,
2: right? Yeah, the yeah Bahamas I agree. is
1: nice, and some of these little destinations are nice. Uh, I think I like you know Western Caribbean a little bit better, but here it really is about the, dest- the destinations and the excursions, Mm -hmm. right? So the last cruise, I didn't get off in the Bahamas because we've seen it already. There's not a lot of stuff I felt that my kids can do. Whereas in Alaska, there's more than a 100 different excursions that you could take, (laughs) which is overwhelming. I mean, if Mm -hmm. you sit there and try and go through them all, it is overwhelming. And I actually did that for a couple of hours the other night. And and I, I wouldn't even know sort of where to begin. You know, you don't know what you should take, what's good, what's not good, because they all look and sound and probably taste delicious too. (laughs) So for our cruise in June, what we've done is we've actually set up a special page, a special destination and landing page with a list of excursions that we have specifically selected based on a lot of different criteria, right? Based on your experience, based on obviously things that, that Disney has recommended in the past, based on feedback we've gotten from other people, and I think a nice rounded selection of things that whether you want to take it slow, depending on what your budget may be, are you traveling with kids, do you want something more high adventure, we've got something that's definitely not quite overwhelming, and we've also broken out A few that, like, I'll let you know the ones that I'm going to be doing and that you're going to be doing, and we sort of put those out as as featured trips so you know, hey, if you want to do it together as a group, this is the one that I've selected that we're going to go and do, but you are certainly welcome to pick from that list, or if you want to go to to the Disney site, and if there's something else specific that you're, you're looking for, you can do
2: yeah and the choices are huge. One of the things that uh, my husband and I did the very first time that we did Alaska, and of course, that we counsel uh, clients to do as well when they're looking at Alaska, especially if they've never been there before, is sit down and make a list of three things that are on the bucket list, three things that you want to see and or do when you're on your Alaska itinerary. And most of the things, hit what we've kind of tried to attack in our choices of shore excursions. Most people will say, I want to take that white paint pass train. Others will say, I want to see a whale. Others say, I want to take a helicopter to a glacier. Um, So you pick those things. I do want us to just do a, a cautionary tale. Once again, just to throw out there on the weather, it is really unpredictable. And any day... You need to appreciate that the weather is what causes this beautiful nature. If it's not a clear, beautiful day, it's all right. Just throw on your rain gear and go and enjoy the experience. Um, you might have pouring down rain. You might have just that little mist that we get up here in the Pacific Northwest and up in Alaska, that it just feels misty around you and it's kind of cloudy. You'll have that as well. Um, when there are extremes in the weather whether it's uh, it's cold temperatures or um, wind especially can cause some issues but there are times where um, usually the helicopters the flight seeing or some of the things with the small boats can be cancelled just out of safety issues so know that you know you're you're choosing some things and you want some things but have your plan B in your back pocket just in case it is unpredictable, but that is all part of nature as well and honestly part of the adventure.
1: Cool. So let's sort of very quickly go through what these are. And certainly I'll put in the show notes uh, a link to where you can find out more and find out how to book these as well. So in Skagway, we've we've narrowed it down really to two. Uh, mm-hmm. In the morning is a private speedboat through the fjords with Exposure suits, but look—if you want to see it, I think seeing it from the water and on the water is probably a beautiful day to do it. And you go to to Bald Eagle Nest and Seal Rock and Sawmill Falls. That's what you're going to be doing. Um, Yeah,
0: I've I've actually (laughs) selected uh,
1: the the scenic railway of the world. Like insert insert echo effect here as I say that the scenic railway of the world, where you go on a nearly thirty mile journey to Fraser and British Columbia, and. Uh, it's narrated by a guide, lots of photo opportunities. I know you didn't want to do it because there's no club car. I get that. But I think there's something so beautiful and romantic and, and simple about taking a, a railroad with the amazing views of the mountains and the glaciers and the tunnels and the waterfalls. And it's narrated it's inside, it's warm and cozy, and you do get, you know, and you've talked about before, these, these spectacular views as you literally climb up these mountains.
2: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I will tell you, and I, I will be totally honest, this is one that I won't do, only because <laughs> I am completely chicken for heights. Um, but, of course, it does offer breath taking beauty and the white pass train is also one of those that is the one that you have to have your passport in hand to go on so please make sure that you have your passport for for that adventure i know you're gonna have a fabulous time (laughs) it goes (laughs) have a great time it it, even in the first i think 20 minutes or so you climb three thousand feet up up the the mountain to get up to um up to the um the top. And on that particular excursion, there's some that you'll see and as you're looking at your lists of excursions, really dig down into the detail because some of them have the train that just goes up to the top and then you ride the train back down to the bottom. So you're seeing basically the same thing twice and it's those are usually about a three hour, Three-hour tour. Anyway, um, if you, the one that we're doing or that you are doing because you're hosting this one, it is a mix-in with other guests. So it is the the WDW Radio Clan, um, but there are other ge- guests from other cruise ships and the Disney cruise ship as well. We'll be on board the train, but you'll go up to the top and then you're going to actually disembark the train and uh, get on a motor coach that's going to take you back down. And that allows you to see other areas and you'll also be able to stop and take photos and uh, and do a little you know other things along the way. And it's almost four hours from start to finish for that trip.
1: I am so excited. Like Walt loves trains. I love trains. I, I am so thrilled and I'm thrilled for my kids to be able to do that, too. Yeah, you have a great time with that buddy because
2: <laughs> I, me, and t- twenty-four of my closest WDW Radio pals are going on a private speedboat adventure. And when I say private, it's just us. And there's only twenty-five spots on it, um, so it's it's an early morning departure. But we're going to stop and right in front of these beautiful falls. And yeah, they do give you an exposure suit just in case <laughs> you want to be, I don't know, dry and, <laughs> and warm. So they do offer that. Uh, but I will tell you, I did a speedboat adventure uh, several years ago and then it got me hooked because these are the boats that the Navy SEALs use and the Coast Guard rescue team. So they are fast little guys and there are places that they will turn on the engines and there are other places where, where you'll just float very calmly and look at the nature and have um, opportunities to take pictures. It will be a wonderful adventure. And if anybody's interested in both, we have set these up where you can actually do the speedboat in the morning and then catch the train with you. So you get to sleep in. and <laughs> sure. <laughs> and I get to uh, to go out on this wonderful adventure, come back in, and I'll be shopping in Skagway for my new fleeces while you're taking the trip um, on the train.
1: Nice. Uh, over in Juneau, we have Before- again – go ahead
2: before we move I just want to also point out the fact that some people may not want either of those adventures so like you said you can check out what Disney's got to offer the links in the company that we're using for our private adventures um, also has a lot of, of uh, things that you can do as well and those include jeep rentals or private 4x4 adventures or that dog sled tour I was talking about there's even zip lining or horseback riding available there in Skagway
1: yeah, yeah, there's literally something for every excitement level for every budget too. Uh, you know, yeah. you don't have to spend a ton to enjoy it all, and a lot of these are actually very reasonably priced. Um, you know, they are they're not as expensive as you might expect. So let's quickly go over to Juno again. We've got this narrowed down to two. Um, mm-hmm. Juno really is about uh, it's about the Mendenhall Glacier, and the one that we're going to do is our feature trip is a private combination tour of really two of the most popular attractions in Juneau, which is the glacier and whale watching. Like, as soon as I said Alaska, my kids were like, are we going to see any whales? I'm like, yes, you're going to go take a boat ride to view whales. Lots of photo opportunities and snacks. They're going to have Salmon. And sat like <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, <laughs> I'm just gonna set you
2: in a bus and hand you a little package of that salmon and say, here you go.
1: <laughs> so so you get to you you get to go through downtown Juneau, you can see humpbacks and, and orca whales and porpoises and sea lions and bald eagles, and then you get on a boat and your captain takes you out to go and see the whales and the wildlife, and then you go over to Mendenhall Glacier and gets to spend time at The visitor center. So uh, what's nice is you really get to get sort of that up close and personal to the the nature that you want to see, right? The glacier is so important when you think about uh, Alaska. If you want to sort of take it up a a bigger notch and you're like, man, I need to go and and walk it. I need to go walk the glacier. We do, and Disney does offer A helicopter ice field excursion, like you literally get in a helicopter and you walk the glacier uh, itself. That's not our featured trip. Our featured trip again is going to be the combination uh, tour. But certainly, if you want to sort of go and uh, walk the glacier, I think it's. I think you take the helicopter out and walk for fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, somewhere around there, right?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just to help clear up some confusion, because this does tend to be confusing. Mendenhall Glacier is actually kind of down at sea level. It's easy to access, but you're not going to walk on it. You're going to go, we're going to be driving up to a visitor center and you'll view it from an overlook. So you're not walking onto the glacier. You're not walking out to it. You're at a um, visitor center that is, uh, you know, several a couple of miles away from the glacier itself, but you can view it. So that's different than what we chose for that second trip that we're just showing. And one of the reasons that we did that is because it is one of, uh, I back up a second. Um, One of the reasons that we are offering or showing on our page, the helicopter adventure, where you actually fly out, get out, walk around on the glacier, is because that is one of the most popular bucket list experiences that people um, go for. And uh, the Disney shore excursions tend to send out sell out really quickly. So this other company is offering it and has it available um, while, obviously, seats last. But we wanted to make sure that you had the opportunity, that WDW radio listeners had the opportunity to um, to experience that if they wanted to. But you and I will not be on Correct. the helicopter.
1: Yeah. Correct. Correct. Uh, and then finally, the last destination is going to be Ketchikan. Again, we've narrowed this down to three, and again, tried to find a, a nice balance. So, our featured trip, the one that we are going to be doing together, um, again, sort of com- it combines the the nature and the wildlife uh, in Ketchikan, where you do the the lighthouse and you see the totems and you you see the eagles. So you learn a lot about. The, the maritime history and the, the culture and the timber and the fishing industries and, and local lifestyle, uh, the cannery. There's um, Loggerville, which is sort of that floating ghost town of Alaska. So this is one of the ones that is, let me just see, it is three hours long. It departs at 1130. And I think this is a great value, too, Becky. It's under $100 per person. Mm-hmm. It's $56 for kids ages 3 to 11. But it really seems like they pack a lot. Into this one, like you, if you want to be able to try and see as much as possible, that's the reason why we chose it.
2: Yeah, and this one does have all of those little elements of being able to view a little bit of nature, um, the totem poles uh, over on the shore. There's a lot of opportunities here. It is a boat tour uh, primarily, but you do, of course, take the the bus through the town up to where you um, embark the the boats. Um, it does provide a lot of those opportunities in not too long of a tour so you can get back and enjoy the town itself walking through because it really is one of the cutest little towns ever. Um, Down on Creek Street, it's one of the ones where it's totally built on pilings over the water. So again, a lot of fun shopping there. Um, I will say that Ketchikan is one of the rainiest cities in the U.S. You thought it was Seattle, but no, it's actually Ketchikan. So the likelihood of it being raining there is pretty high, I will be honest with you there. Um, With Ketchikan too, just to let you know, we're there until 7.45 at night, so there's a lot of, um, of time to experience a few things. So you can go with with us on our tour, have enough time to still see the, the cute little town, and you could possibly take advantage of some of the other um, opportunities that they have in, uh, in excursions that are available, too. This would be where you could do um, some of the other choices that we have, like sea kayaking available to you, but we're not going on it again. There's also... Um, canoe tours. There's an interesting uh, canopy zipline experience and rainforest rope adventure that seems to be pretty popular with people who want something a little bit more adventurous out there too. And if you're a fisherman, this is definitely where you're going to – the jumping off point to take uh, advantage of some of those fishing excursions. Or fisherwoman. Or fisher, fisher right or fisher, fisher person. person fisher <laughs> person now um another thing that I do kind of want to make sure that people understand they do have flight seeing available out of Ketchikan, but it's not where you're going to land and get off and, and view things. Um, it pretty much just is a flight seeing adventure over the the um the landscape. This would also be the place that you would go see bears. there's a lot of bear viewing um wildlife viewing excursions, however, we're too early in the season when we go in June to be able to take advantage of that. Uh, Otherwise, we would be right on it. But if you are um, traveling in the future in uh, the Alaska uh, area, the bear viewing is typically starting, I think, in July. July to August is its um, its peak season. And that is one of the most incredible things to do in Alaska. So we'll probably have to come back. After you've seen all the stuff that you've <laughs> seen, um, we'll try to make it during that time so we can go see bears and hopefully not get eaten. But it's really cool. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and look, last and certainly not least, you know, when we were planning this cruise, uh, you and I talked about this a lot. And, and we both agreed— that the cruise and the destination and the, the, the itinerary was what makes this special, right? So in the past, we've had special guests. Look, we've had Richard Sherman come on the cruise. We've had Ridley Pearson come on the cruise. We said, we don't really need that because there's just so much to see and do, and then that all changed because we do have <laughs> a very, very special guest because we are in, you know, we like making things special. We like doing things that, that you can't do elsewhere, so, as we've said in the past, we do have a very special guest, and he's Ron Kohe, and you might remember him from such episodes as show number 104. He currently works for the Disney Design Group. He has been a feature animator at Walt Disney Pictures. He's worked on Princess and the Frog, Lilo and Stitch, Fantasia 2000, Tarsland, Mul- Mulan, Hercules, Hunchback of Notre Dame, and Pocahontas. He's worked with Imagineering. Pixar, he went to CalArts, he's done Vinylmation and art and pins, and if you see buses driving around Disney World, chances are he did the art for that. Cruise Line Images, he worked on Art of Animation, countless books. I mean, the guy's portfolio and experience with the Disney company is so wide and so diverse, he's going to have a lot to not just present on, But we've got lots of special little – and I'm laughing as if you could see me. I'm doing that little look like (laughs) if you only knew what I knew, lots of special activities and presentations and hands-on workshops and drawing lessons and special gifts for everybody. Uh, We're also going to do our own special meetups and have contests and prizes and things like that. I mean Ron is really just going to add another element. And if you've come to some Meet of the Month or if you've seen some of the videos – he is also the nicest guy on the planet and ridiculously talented as well. So uh, as if we couldn't make a special cruise even more special, um, having Ron there is really going to add a whole other layer to it.
2: And like you said, he is just a nice guy to hang around with. <laughs> He's so fun and so talented and has so many great stories to share about his experiences. It's it's kind of... Um, uh, We're going to pack a lot into this between the destination and hanging with each other, which, of course, is so much fun to see all of our friends that have come with us every time or, you know, as many of these as, as we've done. We just like to find a place to sit down and catch up with our friends, too. So between the destination and the ship and our friends and Ron, this is going to be. A fun, fun, fun trip, and oh, by the way, if you hear this and you still want to go, we still have there's still space, believe it or not, available through um, through us. So, you know, don't hesitate to join.
1: Yeah, to uh, if you want to find out more, you want to get a a free, no obligation quote, you can visit www.radio.com, click on the events page, and you can scroll on down to the cruise on the Disney Wonder to Alaska. There's a link there where you can get a a quote from Mouse Fan Travel. We packed a lot into a relatively short amount of time. Um, I think when we come back, we'll obviously have to to recap this, and we'll certainly be recording a show on board and sharing photos and videos, and I'm looking forward to sharing stories and experiences with the people who are on board. That's the thing. Traveling with a group and traveling with friends, whether we've met yet or not, really does make an amazing experience even better so we are down as you're listening to this uh far below the hundred days mark so i am super super excited um (laughs) thank you so much for all your help i am looking forward to seeing you uh on board and i i I have to i I know you like the the cruise i'm most excited for is usually the, the one that's coming up next but because this has been on my bucket list for a long long time i i'm really really excited about alaska
2: I, I can't wait to go back. This will be my seventh Alaskan cruise. And I will say, I, if you said tomorrow, let's plan another one, I would say I'm, I'm all in. That's how <laughs> magnificent this this wonderful adventure is. And I can't wait to share it with everybody. Um, rain or shine, it's going to be a fun time. And we're going to see a lot of things that, especially, you know, you, you Floridians, You don't know what a mountain is. so (laughs) We're going to show you what a mountain is. and It's going to be pretty amazing, so I'm looking forward to it.
1: And look, if you can't, you know, speaking of planning what's next, if you can't make it with us on this cruise to Alaska, it doesn't fit into your timetable, whatever it might be, we've already planned the next cruise, which is going to be February 6th, 2016. It's like a trifecta. It's we're (laughs) we're going on the Disney fantasy. We're also going to be celebrating WW Radio's ninth anniversary. And oh, by the way, it's one of the very few and very first Star Wars cruises on the Disney Dream. Costume dun, dun, contest. Dun, I'm just dun, saying,
2: dun, 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 dun.
1: could it be any Sorry. more epic? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, but of your course, your lightsaber's we'll, ready. <laughs> we'll do. We're gonna. We'll do what we do to try and make it even more special. Again, if you visit wdwradiocruise.com or the events page, you can find out more about that cruise as well. If you also want to just go to Disney World or Land or Adventures by Disney or Alani or wherever it may be, you could also go and visit mousefantravel.com because Becky's agents are even nicer than Becky's if you can believe it and they're wow. so helpful <laughs> their services are completely free and they really do give and I've said this for years because it's true the level of service that you give your clients is really what I think separates you and, uh, and and it's why I continue to use and recommend you and dare I say love you I don't know
0: Wow. Hey Listen, yikes. A, Sorry, I
1: just I'm really
2: excited about this. I know, I'm party. really excited about Alaska
1: and Star Wars. Sorry. I got the best of you. I need some
2: salmon. Come back yeah, and come some there's, salmon. That's what I'm wondering right there. Are just, you I'm actually going to eat more? Are you going to get eat more salmon than you have ever eaten in your life and will you eat salmon when you get yes. back
1: you've had to Yes. Salmon. Uh, yes. salmon? Uh, yes. Alaska's going to call. They want their salmon. <laughs> time for our Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details in what you see in the parks or maybe even in what you hear. If you think you know the answer, you can then enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's and select our winner. So last week we were talking about and in Epcot's World Showcase and your question was specifically about the American Adventure Pavilion because since it opened, that pavilion has been sponsored by two different companies and actually for a while they were sponsored by both at the same time. So your question last week was simple, tell me what two brands, what two companies have been sponsors of the American Adventure Pavilion? Again, thanks to the hundreds of you who entered, got this one correct, I randomly selected one winner from all the correct entries you were playing for all six of my virtual audio walking tours of the park, as well as a copy of my 102 ways to save money for an at Walt Disney World book, as well as an item from my personal Disney collection. I've been in the process of purging a lot of things I've had in boxes for years, literally decades on eBay. And if you visit www.radio.com eBay, new auctions every Sunday night, That's everyone starting at just 99 cents. And I'm going to pull one of those mystery items from those boxes and give it to last week's winner, who is Don Boyd. So, Don, congratulations. Please send me your address. I'll get your package at you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So, we are talking about our cruise to Alaska and on the Disney Wonder. And so, I figured, why not make this week's question about the Wonder herself? Because before a ship is first put out to sea, they have a ceremonial ship launching, which is a a tradition that goes back hundreds, if not thousands of years, really as a, a public celebration and a blessing of the ship. And part of that blessing is a christening of the ship by the fairy godmother. And each of the four ships in the Disney Cruise Line fleet has a fairy godmother. And your question this week is simply to tell me, who is the godmother of the Disney Wonder? You have until Sunday, March 8th at 11.59pm to email your answer to contest at www.radio.com. Again, you're playing for all the audio tours, a copy of my 102 ways to save money for an at-Walt Disney World book, both of which can be found at www.radio.com, and another mystery items from my personal Disney collection. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you again for taking the time to tune in this and every week. I understand that time is your most valuable commodity. And the fact that you spend this time with me, letting me share my passion for all things Disney with you, really, really means a lot to me. Thanks also to everybody like Jay Stinson and Corey Hall, who've left ratings and reviews for my new 102 Ways to Save Money for an at Walt Disney World book. You can find it on Amazon.com or by visiting Disney102.com. Also, if you like the show, please come back every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern and tune in to live.com. I do a live video broadcast. You can log into the chat room, be part of the conversation, then stay for a while after and ask me anything in the lightning round. Also visit WDWRadio.com for our blog, videos, newsletter, free mobile app, and lots more. I'd love to hear from you. If you have a question you want answered on the show, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com. Or if you want to be on the air, call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. Please connect with me on Twitter. I'm at loumangello, facebook.com slash lou Mangiello. You can follow my personal page there. And facebook.com slash Radio is the WW Radio page. And I am Lou Mangiello on Instagram and Pinterest. And as you know, as much as I love connecting and chatting with you guys online, nothing beats a handshake and a hug. And that is why I do monthly meetups in Walt Disney World. The next is going to be Sunday, March 8th, at Yak and Yeti at Disney's Animal Kingdom. In April, we're going to meet Saturday, April tw- 25th, right before the opening of Age of Ultron. So we're going to do our Avengers shawarma meet At Tangerine Cafe in Epcot. You can visit the events page over at wdwradio.com for more information and find out about some other places I'm speaking and taking things on the road by visiting loumangelo.com. I'm going to be speaking and keynoting in San Diego and Las Vegas and Fort Worth this summer. And if you want some help maybe building your brand or your business and turning your passion into your profession, I do coaching and mentoring and consulting and speaking to businesses and conferences and schools. Again, to find out more, visit LouMangello.com. Thanks again to Becky from Mouse Fan Travel. Again, for fee-free, incredible levels of personal service, visit MouseFanTravel.com. And get some Disney magic delivered right to your door or mobile device by visiting CelebrationsPress.com. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word, let others know about it, tweet out that you're listening, share links, and come by and comment over on Facebook, and please, go rate and review the show over at iTunes. It's very, very important, very helpful. We have more than 930 reviews. We'd love to get to 1,000 five-star reviews. want to thank some recent reviewers like Omnimover, Scruffles, Knoxwell, and KBG4567, both of whom are from Canada. If you visit www.radio.com slash iTunes, we'll give you a direct link and instructions on how to rate and review the show. And again, I sincerely want to thank all of you who nominated the show for a podcast award Please, every day, go and visit podcastawards.com. Vote for WW Radio in the travel category and make sure you leave a valid name and email address because they will send you an email to validate your entry. Thank you again so, so very much for not just listening this week, but your friendship and support and for letting me share my passion with you. And I hope you do the same thing and you take steps every day. And remember, you need to stay positive, right? You need to believe in your dream or yourself and positive energy creates positive action and that will yield positive results, I promise you. I hope you have a phenomenal week this week. So until next time, have a great week, everybody. See ya. Hey, Lou, it's Emmanuel from South Australia. I love your show. It makes me so happy every time I listen to it. Fellow Disney fan, going to the O'Lani Resort in June, really looking forward to it. Um, I just don't know how to say my appreciation to you, how much you've helped me. It's my love for Disney, stuff I've learnt. I love your 102 ways to save book. It is just amazing. My love for Disney, Disneyland, Disney World, basically all Disney, have been pushed even further by you and put me pushed me to put in my own passion and make my own podcast, YouTube channel, celebrating Disney and all things like that. See you, Disney Bros. Um, thank you so much, Lou. Bye.
0: Hey, Lou, this is Pete from Long Island, and I wanted to pass along my idea that I'd love to see of a Walt Disney film made into a attraction. and Actually, this one would be a collection of the various shorts from Pixar and make it into a traditional dark ride. And you start your ride vehicle will be the Luxo Ball and as you enter the the very first big room, it's the Pixar lettering and Luxo Jr. is there bouncing around and all that, and as you go past that lettering, you're in the snow globe for knick-knack, and then as you exit that, you take flight up into the air, very Peter Pan-like, and you go past the birds for, for the birds, and then you make a slight turn and you see the hill and you're inbounding and the jackalope is bouncing around then you make a turn and you enter a, a wooded area and it's lifted and you have the UFO, you know, almost that you know eye level as it's you know picking up its person that's in the house you go a little higher and the clouds start coming in maybe it rains a little bit and the umbrellas from blue umbrella are kind of spinning in the wind entwined with each other and then we see the clouds from partly cloudy and all that that entailed and then we go even higher and we actually reach the moon this grand view of la luna opens up then you transition back to the loading area which maybe you could use the magician from presto and the and the rabbit uh maybe, you know, I don't know, abracadabra, and you're kind of back in the loading area. But that would be my idea, so you never know, Pixar Place in the future. Take care, Lou. Have a nice day. Bye. Hi, Lou. This is Mike Coran calling uh, from our wonderful 14th floor in Bay Lake Towers, um, looking off the patio overlooking Bay Lake. just wanted to call and say Disney has succeeded once again in, washing away all the stress of the everyday life that we go through, and, and it's wonderful to be here. Tried the pot roast macaroni and cheese last night at the Magic Kingdom. was terrific. Just like you said, thumbs up on that. And we got another 12 days to go down here, and just wanted to call in and say hi. Thanks, Lou. <clears throat> Good morning, Lou Mangello, WDW Radio Group, WDW Radio Pot, equals WDW. Disney Alaska Wonder Cruisers. We are so excited. This is Darlene Maggie. We are now 90 days away from our Disney Wonder Alaska cruise. Can you imagine in just three short months we're going to be sailing and seeing glaciers and eagles and bears and whales. It's going to be so exciting. And going into ports of places we've never visited before. Maybe some of you have, but I know a lot of us have not. I can't wait to be with our group and be celebrating this adventure with them. Have a very magical day. You've got a friend in me. Yeah. Is Celine Dion here? No, Celine Dion is not here.
1: I'm referring to myself, Martin Short. Hello? Raised in Hamilton, Ontario. Fine. I'll just go to the France Pavilion film, where they appreciate
0: an invisible narrator.
1: I you? <laughs> That's
2: right.